What is up, fam? This is Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor, Pre-Med Mondays, Black Men in White Coats, and the Dr. Doc Children series. Make sure you grab your copies and you listen to the Black Men in White Coats podcast, a place where black clinicians have the platform to share their stories with listeners like you. We've got a, a, a different type of um, episode today, which I love. Probably maybe one of my favorite ones, just listen to it and you'll, you'll understand why. When we get to it, I'm going to introduce you to, to this young gentleman here in a second. But before I do, man, just came off that Chicago Summit. Chicago, right? This past weekend, we're up in Chicago. We had the Black Men and White Coat Summit up there. Man, amazing. Shout out to Chi-Town, man. They call you Chirac. You are not Chirac. You're Chi-Blessed, man. So many great people there. So many wonderful people, loving people. We just had a phenomenal time out there. You know, met some great docs, met some great kids, met some great parents, all sorts of stuff. You guys, make sure you check it out. We'll be posting on social media. Um, some photos and such from that, right? But man, we had a good time. There's some filming also for our documentary. You guys remember we're filming the Black Men and White Coast, the Rise Up documentary. Got a chance to film some awesome people. And, and I'm telling you, the stuff we filmed for this documentary, some of it's just mind blowing, right? So I, I spend a lot of my time thinking about Black Men and White Coat stuff, right? But it doesn't matter, no matter what, every time you interview somebody, you're getting a different perspective, different lens. And it, it was just amazing. And, and, you know, just really, really loved it. Really loved it. It was amazing, man. So when when this film comes out, you guys are going to love it. You guys are going to get your minds exposed to some new thoughts and things of that sort. So, you know, we just had a really, really good time filming up there at the summit of Chicago. Shout out to Miss Melissa Martin from AHEC, who, who are Black Men and White Coats host up in Chicago. Um, it was a good time. Good time. Right. So before we leap into this again, you guys already know, if you're a pre-medical student, make sure you check out premedmondays.com. Premedmondays.com. Every Monday evening, you get a chance to get teaching from me or a member of my pre-med coaching team, and you get a chance to ask us questions, and it's based on my 52 letters of mentorship that I wrote to you guys in the book, Pre-Med Mondays. Make sure you check it out. Also, join diversemedicine.com, and this is for healthcare professionals and pre-health students. Join diversemedicine.com, register to become a mentor or register to mentor, right? So we're trying to build this community so everybody's got some sort of support, no excuse for people not to be successful. Now, let me hop into this week's guest. Really cool episode. Really cool episode. And this is um he's a medical student, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call him student doctor Hillman Batuo. Right. Really cool episode. I'm gonna tell you why. Because a lot of times we get so focused and caught up in American medicine, American healthcare. But this time we're bringing you an episode of a student in the Netherlands. A student in the Netherlands. He grew up in, in Cameroon. I'm gonna I'm not gonna spill the beans, but I really enjoyed this, and you're going to see why here in a second. It's a completely it's a different perspective, a different mindset, different thoughts in terms of how he feels as, let me, I'll spill the beans a little bit. So he grew up in Cameroon, and, and he was surrounded by all black people. Of course, all black people. So then he leaves that environment and goes to the Netherlands. And when I say all black people, I mean the doctors, everybody's black. It's not like it, it's not like in America where it, even if you grew up in a black area, you're surrounded by all black people. So when you leave your black area, you're not surrounded by black people anymore. But wherever he was in Cameroon, no matter where you went, it was surrounded by black people. So he talks about, it's a slightly different mindset that he talks about compared to what a lot of us face here in America. And it's really, really fascinating and really cool. And on top of that, he's just a really inspiring guy. So when you just hear the energy he brings and the things he says, the mindset, you know, I get down with him because we're on the same wavelength. He's about inspiration. He's about success. He's about the grind. And I really love his episode. I'm telling you guys, you're going to love it. So student doctor. Hillman Patuo. Oh, I want them bad like a daddy, yeah. Oh, let's do it like flagger, yeah. 
I'm kicking flavor, with no saga, yo. Ayy, I like them blues. I might go Janet like Jackson. I got them options, yo. It's all about progression. Life is like a blessing. Everything a win, loss is like a lesson. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ain't no time for stressing. I've been really stepping. Ooh, ooh, yeah. If you wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on racks, ain't playing around. Wanna go get it, stop playing around. Really got on racks, ain't playing around. Black men, white yeah. coats, shit, we up right now, yeah. yeah. Good day. I want to start by thanking you for having me over on the show and giving me a platform to to share my story. I'm Hilman Batu. I'm a medical student from the Netherlands and I'm initially from Cameroon, a small country in Central Africa. And I grew up or I lived there till I was 18 years of age, went to school there and never left the continent till I was 18 and had to move to the Netherlands to live with my family. And for me, it more or less wasn't a struggle till I left because I mean in Cameroon everyone is pretty much black and that's the only thing you have to deal with so everyone I saw in a white coat back then was all black so I couldn't really say oh this is a struggle to be in a white coat as a black man because everyone I saw wasn't who wasn't a white coat was actually a black male but then I noticed the first time I saw a little discrepancy or noticed something different was when I had to go to this Advent, um, this missionary hospital somewhere in the city, like a small city or small village where I lived. They had opened this new missionary hospital and actually it was full of white doctors and white nurses because it was a missionary hospital. For some reason, they had like all the expensive facility and all whatnot. So people loved to go there because it was more, it was on the chica end of the spectrum, more or less. Um, so I went there and the first thing I noticed was the doctors there actually had like a clear handwriting. Like I could read what they were writing. I was like, oh, this is different. So then the first thing I did was already attach um, white doctors to having better handwritings. And then the care they provided, the way they, they did their medical things, the way they practiced medicine was more enticing to me. They had the best of, the better facilities and stuff like that. So in my mind, I already kind of attached being a white doctor to to better healthcare, more or less. So that was that was my experience in Cameroon. That was all the experience I had in Cameroon with black and white doctors in black or, or black or white people in, in uh, white coats. And then I moved to the Netherlands and the Netherlands was a whole different playing field because I had just left a culture where I was just completely surrounded by people who looked like me, who acted like me and everything was just similar to a culture where people looked differently. I was I was now a foreigner. I was in a strange place. The culture was different. The language was different. Everything was different. It it played a little bit with my mental my mental um my mental health, if I may put it that way. Um, so the first few years or the first few months, I took some time to integrate myself, assimilate with the culture and just get to know the area. And in the first few in the first few months or the first year, it was all about me being the only black person who was in the room. Like I was the only black person in my basketball club, which I tried to like integrate myself into the community. So I tried to do everything I could. I was the only black person in my basketball club, in the church community, in my city. It was it was very it was very white dominant if I may put it that way but I had hopes I was going to go over to university in a bit so I would I would be out of this kind of territory so it would be hopefully better and then I went to university which fortunately or unfortunately is a very is a very um how would I put it the best way white dominant university so it's a very elite university in my opinion at least um he has a lot of international students from Europe and um 
it makes it very it gives it a whole different vibe from what i expected so um that goes without saying i was one of the only few less than 10 black students in my medical school of about 300 or almost 400 students 300 roughly 350 students who were accepted to my year i was one of the only few black people and added to that I was actually the only African who came all the way. And I had to study in the language as well. So I had to study in Dutch. So there were a lot of challenges for me um, going into this um, into this medical program, which I started. Because it was a whole hassle getting accepted because my diploma was not was not up to the standard which they had initially, um, which they, they, they maintained. Um, and because it was an African diploma, it had to go through a lot of scrutiny and scrutinizing. Everything was just really hectic for me to get into med school. But I was determined to get into med school because that, that has been a long-term dream of mine. A passion of mine has always been to help people. So I, I know the best way I can help people or the best way I see to help people is via the medical profession because literally all you do is help people. Um, uh, so it was a whole struggle for me getting into medical school. And I finally got in and seen the dynamic. It wasn't really... In the beginning, it didn't really affect me that much till I started going to the hospital and then I started seeing the demographics in the hospital as well, because the hospital is more or less attached. The medical hospital is attached to the university. So you can just walk in and walk out. So I would, I would walk in a couple of times, walk out, and I would like notice the difference in demographics. And I noticed how excited I got when I saw when I saw a black doctor or a black guy in white coat generally, right? Because um, it saddens it saddens me to say, but most of the time I saw them, they were like occupying some other function, which was not necessarily um, one which required you to have had a proper education for. So I, I remember the first time I saw a doctor in the operating room, I was so excited. I almost followed him. I almost followed him into the dressing room just to ask for his name and ask for what he did and stuff like that. So that was really exciting for me. I started noticing the differences gradually. And I know in the first year... It was it was so bad. I uh, the culture was new, the language was new, the people I I've had a hard time relating with. Um, everything about them was just so different. Everything about me was just so different, and I didn't have a proper channel to communicate this with. Because growing up in Africa, we don't really talk about stuff like that. And I think generally as a black man, you don't really talk about things like that. So I had the challenges of also trying to like combat these barriers which had been put on me as a child or culturally. Uh, to be able to talk about stuff I felt. And because I wasn't used to that in the beginning, I had like depressive episodes during the first year. I had to pick myself up from deep spots. I had to tell myself medicine is actually what I really wanted to do and keep going for it. I had to tell myself, no, no matter what happens, no matter how underrepresented we are, that is not even a word, but no matter how badly, badly um, represented we are as black men in the medical field and in my hospital which I was um, schooling in I would not let that define what kind of doctor I want to be or how I'm going to look at my medical career or how I go through medical school I will keep going because it's all about a passion which I have and I'm going to see it through and as another experience I had was one time we had like this simulated patient um, contacts like we had this Basically, it's a consultation with a patient, but then it's simulated. So the patient doesn't actually have the symptoms, but they play the the role of a patient who has the symptoms. And so um, I, had, I had this, and normally we have it from the first year of medical school. So right from the beginning, you're trained how to have consultations with patients so you don't get to the end of your medical studies and you can hold the conversation with the patient. So well, that is a really good thing, which I really appreciate. But one time I had this consultation with this patient and normally you have to like open the door for them introduce yourself and let them walk into the room 
and, and sit down and then you can start the consultation. So I opened the door for this patient. This, um, I wouldn't say really old guy, but he was around his 60s, give or take. Um, this 60, 70 year old white guy. Uh, he walked into the room. He looked at me because he was, he was very down to earth. He was not that tall. So he looked up at me and he was like, oh, I never expected this. And I don't know why, but I just, I just laughed it away. I was like, oh, really? And I just introduced myself. But after the consultation, I went back and I was thinking about it. And it really got me down for a second. I was like, what did he mean? And stuff like that. Another experience I had, I went to um, a nursing home. Well, not, not like a nursing home, but a home for aged people. Because um, I had to give this guy English lessons. And um, I had to like walk through the the sitting area, the general sitting area, which they have there, which they normally have their lunch or dinner in. So I walked through and I could feel I didn't even need to see. I could feel the eyes on me. I could feel the stares. And fair enough, it's a small Dutch village. So the people that don't get that much exposure to people of color or minorities um, compared to the people in the bigger cities. So I definitely understand where they're coming from. But I could just feel, I could feel the stares on me. It, it just made me so aware I was different. And those kind of experiences, these kind of experiences, these things have played over my mentality a little bit. They have put me down sometimes. They've made me wonder if, if I really, if I really want to do this, if I really want to um, be in a profession like this, if I really have what it takes to, to be where I am. And truth is, I don't know. I don't have the answers. I believe in myself. I know I'm capable uh, but every day, I feel like every day is a struggle. Every day you have to remind yourself. You have to constantly remind yourself you have what it takes. You worked so hard to get here. You you have a future. You have a vision. Just keep chasing your vision. Keep going. And eventually you will get there. People get discouraged by a lot of stuff lately. You have peer pressure. You have your classmates who are all white. And it just makes it... For me, as an African at least, um, I don't have the sense of entitlement people here have. I don't necessarily think I... Um, it's my right to be at the university because I know a lot of friends of mine, a lot of classmates of mine wish to be where I am today, but do not have the opportunity to be there. So I definitely think it's a blessing to be able to study at the university I study in and be able to chase my goals the way I'm chasing them now. So it's definitely something I don't take lightly and I really do my best every day to get a step closer to become the doctor I want to become. So it has its challenges, definitely. I would, I would be a fool and I would be lying to myself if I said um, my ride so far has been a smooth one because it really hasn't. Um, I lost two parents in the course of my first year of medical school. First, my stepdad passed away and then my mom passed away. And those are blows which um, can get you down. They can easily get you down. Um, I remember my mom passed away like two, two, like a week before one of my big exams in the third year of medical school. Um, and I had to, I had to go through the exam. Fortunately, I passed the exam, but it was one of the periods where you have a constant struggle inside. What are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to cope with the emotions? Good thing is I had a channel through which I could express the emotions. So everything was a little, it was a tad easier for me compared to if I hadn't, um, if I hadn't worked on my mentality of not communicating emotions, which I had from, from, uh, from my culture, 
but they are tough times. They are definitely going to be tough times throughout medical school. They're definitely going to be challenges even getting into medical school in the first place. But you have to tell yourself you know your vision. And one thing I realized moving from Cameroon to to the Netherlands is, I mean, as Africans, it's sad to say, but we always see the white people as superior. Um, That is a mentality we're trying to combat. But the truth is that is a mentality that has been instilled into us and into me as well. When I was in Cameroon and I see a white person, I would get so excited about just what are they about? What makes them so, so different, so superior in a way. So I remember moving to the Netherlands and I was so excited to sit in the class with just white people, just interacting with white people in general. Um, I got, I sat down in the class because we have a PBL system here at Maastricht University um, where it's not, it's not just old school lectures and um, the teachers, the lecturers is, is talking and you're getting information and you go home and study. No, it's more of a tutorial style. So like a problem-based learning where you have to discuss most of the time. You have to interact. You have to communicate. You have to exchange ideas. You have to come up with solutions together. So I remember the first time um, I sat in a room and I was so, I was so, I felt so inferior. I felt I was the only black one in the tutorial group. It goes without saying. Um, but I felt so inferior. I felt like I wasn't worth, I wasn't worthy to be there. Like it was not, it was not where I belonged because it was just such a high table for me. Um, but then after a few tutorial groups, I heard some of the people, questions we asked and people didn't know the answers. And for me, that was something people should know the answer to. And I was like, but how don't you guys know the answers to these questions? It's like so straightforward. And then it started to dawn upon me, like these people are just human beings. They might have grown up in different circumstances, but they are just human beings. And uh, the moment I started seeing that, it, it really gave me a whole new perspective of the whole thing. I didn't see myself as not worthy of being that university. I didn't see myself as, as a lesser human being just because of my color, just because of where I'm from. I didn't see anything. And even though some people try to remember the fact that I'm from Africa, I owned it. I owned the fact that I'm from Africa. I owned the fact that I'm a black man. I owned the challenges I've gone through. I owned all my experiences because only my experiences have brought me to where I am today and made me the person I am today. And while owning that, I still believe in my vision. And I know for sure I set out to become a doctor and nothing, nothing is going to stop me from becoming a doctor. If I don't become a doctor, it is not because of the fact that I am black and I cannot see a future as a black man in white coat. No, because I know I have what it takes to get there. And I'm not going to let anyone or anything um, derail me from from the path which I've set out to to accomplish. So that is definitely, that is definitely, it's definitely been a ride so far. But I know, um, and I trust God to to take me to my to my destination, basically, because I I know I have what it takes to get there. And I know eventually I will get there if I just keep on the hard work. And um, if I keep my eye fixed on the vision, everything would definitely, everything would definitely play out the way it is supposed to play out. And one thing I noticed is um, we have to support each other. There are a few of us in my medical school who are who are minorities or people of color, um, we have to stick together. We have to constantly remind each other um, um, that we are worthy of being there and we will make it if we if we just keep our eyes focused on the goal. Um, there's sometimes it gets tough. 
I personally think it helps to share your struggles because if you share your struggles, you never know the other person might just have the same struggle and just need your advice or need you opening up to them to be able to to own up to their own struggles as well. Um, so share your struggles, share your experiences with people, share your story. Oh, I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to share your story. You never know who, there are literally, how many people on this earth? Seven billion. And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people who probably are going through the same thing as you are, who probably have the same questions you have, who probably have, have been been pressed down by the system or or been downplayed because of societal construct or whatever there's a lot of people who probably have the same struggles you had and because you have overcome their struggles you can help people with your story so don't don't shy away from telling your story no matter how hard it was no matter how harsh it has been no matter what your perspective is on it your story is powerful. Your story can always help people. And that is something I personally also came to notice in the Netherlands because I I always thought an African an African upbringing was 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 nothing. Like what could what could Europeans possibly learn from an African upbringing? Um, but it's a lie. And the first time or the first few times I actually uh, told my story, I actually didn't tell the whole story, but I just I just threw snippets in there to see what the reaction would be like. And I was actually amazed by how interested they were in my story. And because it was so unique and so out of the ordinary, like out of the normal spectrum of things they normally experience in the European setting or in the Western setting in general, they were very interested and they actually learned a lot of stuff from me. You could tell they became more interested to know what I had gone through, what my experiences were and what kind of brought me to where I am at the moment and what 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 made me who I am because I'm definitely different and that is something in the beginning I was I was shy about or ashamed of or whatever you might call it but the moment I owned it and began to tell my story there is there is no limits to what you can do and your sphere of influence just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger because the moment you sh- the moment you start sharing your story you get like-minded people. You attract like-minded people as well. You attract people who've had the same story because people get more interested. Your story spreads. And before you know it, you have like-minded people like you with the same goals, same visions and stuff like that. I remember the first time I shared my vision about building a hospital in Cameroon or in, in some African country, basically just growing a franchise in Africa. Um, the moments, the moments that, the months, sorry, the months that followed up to that, Basically, I just got random comments from people or like just messages from people telling me about how they found this person who also wants to do the same thing. And I think it would be good if you guys linked up and stuff like that. Um, Just building a whole network, basically, just because I shared my story. So one advice I also give people is don't be afraid to share your story. Own your story and don't be afraid to share your story because your your story might just inspire someone. You never know. And the thing is, you never know how far your story can go. But you just have to just need to have that faith that your story is worthy and is definitely going to inspire somebody. You don't need to know who it inspires, but just know it inspires somebody out there. And that's all that matters because we're just out here to inspire one another, let one another know it's a struggle, definitely. It's a struggle to be a black man in white coat. It's a struggle to get there, under-representation, misrepresentation, um, all the stereotypes that come with it. We all will face challenges, but you just have to let people know the challenges are part of the process. And I personally think the challenges... Uh, what actually makes you a, even a better doctor because, I mean, 
I mean, diamonds are made under pressure. So um, <laughs> all these challenges are definitely going to make you a better doctor, definitely going to make you a better person, and you'll be definitely even more grateful you went through all those challenges to get to where you are today. So in a nutshell, that has been my story. Um, I really hope it inspires someone. I hope someone was able to learn something from my story. And I definitely look forward to sharing my 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 stories again in the future because you never know what happens between now and when I'm done with my medical program or done with residency. But for now, all I know is nothing is going to stop me from, from getting to where I'm getting to or where I have my vision focused on. And if anything is to stop me, it's definitely not going to be the fact that I'm a black man trying to get into that white coat one day. So I hope that inspires one of you guys. And... Just keep doing you, just believe in yourself, and eventually you're going to get there. Thank you again for having me on the podcast, and I look forward to the next time. Did you love that or what? Did you love that or what? He is a black man in a white coat. I told you his perspective was going to be different than what you're used to hear, at least if you listen to this from the U.S., right? Different perspective. The part that really catches me, you know, he comes out and just directly honest with this thing about how he thought that white people were, I don't want to say privileged, but he thought that... um white people were better than like he had this thing in his mindset that they were better than than he was right this thing like what makes them so awesome and he had that feeling and i'll tell you why that's really interesting that he said that because honestly i think a lot of people feel that way but none of us ever want to admit it right i think a lot of people every now and then you just feel this thing about man are they better than us or that's not quite right i don't want to say it like that how do, how do i say this now a lot of people have this thing where where sometimes you wonder, why are they so special, right? Um, and he came out and he said it. He said it directly, you know, because you think about it, in America, for us, that's almost like a taboo thing to think about, that anybody being better than anybody based on your race. And, and he came out and he just directly says it. And, and, and I, I love that he did that. I love the confidence that he says the way. I love the truth that he comes out with to say that, right? Because you think about the racism, oppression, all sorts of things, right? And that, that's what the world history faced, where you go back to, you know, even before Hitler, but the big one, you have, of course, think about Nazi Germany, right? And he just came out and directly said it, like, that remnant of what Hitler built, or not even Hitler, but that remnant of what whoever it was way back in the day started building, you know, might as well say Satan, causing that division between us, started building, he came out and just directly said it, like, he still feels that remnant of wondering, are they better than us because they look a certain way? And how that impacts his mind and his performance and all sorts of things. It's crazy. But I love the fact that he came out there and he said it. Just being honest, putting it on the table. And how he comes back even stronger says, but it's not true. You know, nobody's better than anybody because of the way they look. And I'm going to overcome any challenges that I have. That can't be an excuse for me. I just love that, man. And I like his accent, the way he comes through, right? First time we've had that accent on this podcast. So you got to love that, man. It's a wonderful episode, man. Student Dr. Hillman Batool, shout out to you for being on this episode because, man, I just love the perspective you came from. And again, I love that grind. I love that mentality that you brought to the show today, right? So real quick before I hop off, pre-medical students, make sure you're on premedmondays.com. You know, we this is a service that we give to you guys and, and phenomenal price, not to mention goodness gracious, right? You know, just skip McDonald's once a month and you're good on this. So we want to make sure that nobody has any excuse whatsoever to say that they cannot get any uh, any guidance, any good guidance, consistent guidance um, to get into medical school or whatever healthcare profession you go into. You have no excuse. We built the program for you, so you have zero excuse. So if you don't do it, I'm just going to come out and be like your daddy. I got kids, so I'm going to tell you while I tell my kids, it's on you. That's a you problem if you choose not to do it, 
right? Because we're giving you, we've, we've put a system in place that is nowhere else, right? And you have no excuse not to do it. You can't say, I don't have the money for it. You can't say, I don't have the time for it. You can't say, there's no excuse. You make this a priority. You come, you join the Premier Mondays program, you get fed. You get the things you need to be successful, not just in med school, but the things you need to be successful in life in general, right? So no excuse. We're giving you everything we've got, guys. We're pouring it all out. I want to see you make it. We're pouring it all out to you guys. Every last drop, believing it on the court, right? Uh, and diversemedicine.com. Don't tell me you don't have a mentor and not go to our site and sign up for a mentor. So uh, if you listen to this podcast, I don't want to ever meet you and say, Dr. Dale, I need a mentor. No, because we built a system for you to go and get a mentor. The mentors are there waiting for you. We've got people on there already who are waiting for you so they can mentor you, right? So make sure you get on there, take advantage, and get, get your mentor in diversemedicine.com. Premedmondays.com, diversemedicine.com, all right? So shout out to student Dr. Hillman Batua again. Man, appreciate you being on this episode. To all the listeners out there, appreciate you guys rocking with Black Men in White Coats. I love you guys. We'll see you next time.